0: We are loving the alien this week, no matter the aliens, no matter how much they scare us. And, of course, it's just a good excuse to get David Bowie on. Uh, welcome. This is the Fright Club podcast. I'm Hope Madden, and I am George Wolf, and we are from MadWolf.com. M a d d w o l f. Please check it out for all your movie reviews and a special uh, concentration on horror. And that's what we do every week on the Fright Club podcast, talking about the scary aliens.
1: But last week it was found footage. Want to take a second talk yeah. about? Yeah, we got some. Uh, we got some responses spirited. to that.
0: Spirited, yeah, a spirited conversation. <laughs> As we knew uh, we would, and that's great. Yeah. I-, I love that. It's seeing the the extra, the uh, additional uh, points of view. Uh, about those found footage, and because we knew going in, it's a very polarizing topic. It Even is. for you, because yeah. people think of you as a hater, and you're really not. You just don't like the bad ones. No, but they're
1: the bad ones outnumber the good so so greatly. Yeah. Um And you know, uh, we didn't get as much pushback for Blair Witch as I thought we would. It no. was it was the paranormal, paranormal activity, activity yeah. franchise that people really were sorry to see on there. <laughs> a lot of people really. Did Not dig that, and um, one of them is uh, uh, Gordon, who's a regular uh, Fright Club listener. Our friend Gordon, thank so, you, by the way, so glad that he commented. And um, he took issue with the fact that I don't, uh, Cannibal Holocaust, I don't think he was asking, I don't think he was suggesting Cannibal Holocaust should be on the list because we mentioned, I mean, yeah. it's a narrative film with found yeah. footage in it, and we have to give it credit. It is absolutely the first horror movie that used that concept, no question about it. So it was the the predecessor of them all, but I mean, it's a narrative style right, film. Right.
0: Right. So we didn't I, include yeah, I, it. I couldn't tell in his comment whether he's really a fan of it or not. But, I think uh, he's
1: a fan of the film. I don't think okay. he. I don't think he was saying it should be on the countdown. But I think he took issue with the fact that we said it sucked. Right. And yet and we yet. like Paranormal Activity, right.
0: which obviously he thinks. sucks. Yeah, he yeah. doesn't care for yeah. that. And
1: he, I mean, he's not alone. A lot of people mm-hmm. complained. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people really, especially the the first one, really uh, dislike that movie. And you know what? Yeah. That's that's cool. It's good. It to is have. cool. We like to have uh, uh, differing points of view.
0: Yeah, I just uh, I think it kind of worked well, obviously because we put it on the the uh, the list last week. I also like the way I don't know we talked much about it. I like the way it um, plays with and and rewards audience expectation throughout yeah, the movie. Yeah. I think it does a good job about that. But you know what? If it doesn't work for you, it doesn't work for you. There's certainly uh, movies that uh, I love and that we love that just don't work for us. So uh, anyway, thank you for that. We we like all the uh, all the feedback, and it got. I think that was seemed to be one of the more widely heard podcasts, I think, uh, that we've done. You
1: know, and you know who else we heard from? Our, our old buddy, Knack Mac, Yeah. You know, like, Marshall is back, and he, back on the he scene. said, what he said was that he's been studying found footage for a year, and I wish we'd known that, because we could have had him co-host it with us, because he uh, he's our senior Stephen King correspondent, right. and I think that's probably one of the very best podcasts we did, was the one yeah. that he co-hosted. Well, we
0: find that it helps to get people on who know what they're talking about. <laughs>
1: As opposed to the two of us.
0: Uh, note, <laughs> note to self, <laughs> invite people on. Which we always do because all our guests have been great. Uh, but so he's he's not only Stephen King, he's found footage yeah. man. He's a man of many talents, Knack Mac. So uh, thank you. And what, what was his what was his bottom line? Was he in favor of our list or no? Do we know?
1: Well, he hasn't. He he just was excited to listen to it and okay. uh, and just wanted to let us know he was back. You know, back in circulation. But he hasn't and, and uh, that he likes the gin blossoms. So, but he hasn't yeah, actually commented. Yeah, he liked last, yeah. last
0: week's song. That's okay, right. get you some gin blossoms. But we on don't there. know
1: whether or not he agrees
0: with our list yet. Okay, he'll let us know. But, uh, and really quick, another uh, quick uh, plug for it's going to be this Wednesday night now, the 10th, uh, is our next Fright Club Live edition. We are going to go to the school dance of horror and screen the loved ones. That's so- right. We're yeah. going
1: to do a live podcast, count mm-hmm. down the, the five best school dance-related horror films, and then watch The Loved Ones. Yeah, so I this? think you can guess One of my very there's probably going to be
0: a real tug-of-war at the top to see which comes out at top. But uh, we don't even know yet, at least I don't. Uh, so maybe <laughs> you do, I don't know. And also, just uh, we're geeked because, we're, let's see, we're recording this on Saturday, so in two days, Monday, we're going to see The Witch.
1: Yeah. We,
0: we get to see uh, an early screening of The Witch, and we are so geeked about it. So next week, we'll give you... We'll give you a little heads up about uh, how good that is. And I'm thinking it's going to be good. That's all. That's all in the pipeline. Plus, we're excited to um, join our senior Aussie correspondent Corey Metcalf. We're going to be on his Triple Cast. And we're going to talk about the new movie, Deadpool. That's right. Which so we just saw, and he's seen it, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, So we're going to talk about Deadpool, and that's going to be on, on his triple cast next week? or
1: I, I'm not positive when it's going right. to, but I'm sure he'll let us know. Yeah. He's also on Golden Spiral Media, yeah. the, the lovely people who host our podcast. Yeah,
0: so all that coming up, we appreciate you checking it out, and everybody that hosts with us and invites us to host. So it's just a big love fest, <laughs> is what it is. As it is this week with the aliens, and we've got a couple that... Uh, deserve mention, because we liked them very much, but we didn't consider them horror movies.
1: That's right, even though one of them scared the living pants off our son when we let him watch it. And that was just <laughs> poor parenting, I think, it but was, Signs. Signs is a great movie. It is a great movie, and it's spooky, but it's just not... It's not a horror film, right. you know, to my mind. And no. then the other one, which is, is pretty definitely not a horror film, but I just love, is Attack the Block. If yeah. you haven't seen Attack the Block, you need to look it Plus, up. Plus,
0: you've seen, even if you don't know it, you've seen one of the stars of it, because... One of the stars of Attack the Block is starring in the new Star Wars as Finn. That's right. He's the runaway stormtrooper. And,
1: and, and he's so good in Attack the Block. He's so good. And he's so, so totally oh, different. yeah, he is. He's got that thick,
0: thick Cockney-type accent. Yeah,
1: well, he's also he's, he's brooding yeah. and angry. He's like he's, a gang member. Yeah, They've but got he's, a neighborhood yeah. gang that yeah, is fighting so off. Yeah, he's so good. And Nick Frost is in it, which yeah. is yeah. always welcome. Yeah. yeah. Attack the Block is a yeah, great movie. Yeah, if you don't know
0: anything about it, the aliens come to a British neighborhood uh, and uh, Finn, I forget his name. I'm sorry, John Boy Boy Boyer Boy or something like that. Uh, apologies. Uh, he's part of a like a neighborhood gang, and he fights them off. Yeah, and it's awesome. It is. It's uh, just a great movie. Yeah. It's so, so
1: clever and fun.
0: Yeah, but not neither one of those really horror movies. But they're alien movies that we love. So we just want to throw that out there. But let's get to the meat of it. Let's get to uh, loving the aliens, the ones that we do love. And this one uh, will start at number five, one that we've talked about a little bit before. Uh, it's from 2007. Oh, I know we've talked about this with a knack because yeah. it's a Stephen King adaptation, and it's The Mist. What's going on? It's death. Something in The Mist! Shut the doors! Shut the doors!
1: It is time to take sides. Read the good book. It calls for blood. I he let the monsters get me? sacrifice to make it all better we want the boy you try it one of the great recent creature features i mean they are really hard to do a creature feature and man this one does it well and you know that's it's it's a place where you see a lot of creature features There's alien invasion movies and you know some uh, scientists have caused a rupture in the space-time continuum. They opened up a hole, and these crazy-ass monsters have come down to terrorize a small New England town and trap a bunch of shoppers in a glass-fronted
0: grocery store. Yeah, and uh, you talk about the creature features. Actually, the the actual creature, the the, the giant one at the end, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, originally that was not in Frank Darabont's plans for the movie. He he, he was not going to include that, but they came up with such a cool Creature that the special effects techs uh, convinced him to put it in the film. Nice. And I don't know why he wouldn't want to include it, but yeah. I guess maybe to see the see what it looked like first. But it looked it looked cool.
1: Well, yeah, all of them were so cool. Yeah, and they really super were. Super creepy, you know. And uh, but. You know, the the reason the movie works as well as it does is is number one, the sense of claustrophobia that mm-hmm. he builds inside that grocery store and then the just the microcosm of society that he has inside that grocery store. And and some great performances across the board, great performances, but especially of course Marsha Gay Harden. Oh, yeah. oh my god, as the zealot. Oh she's so great. And
0: that's the thing. It plays with that's one of the things that I love about the movie because inside the the market there, when they're trapped, it really starts playing with ideas of fanaticism and zealotry oh, yeah. and things like that. And she is just great. She's great anyway. She is. She's, She's always, always is good. But it's interesting because uh, apparently Stephen King uh, got the uh, idea for the book uh, because he was in a market in Maine, of course, and he noticed that the front window was made of plate glass and he just wondered what would happen if giant insects flew into it. <laughs> and then it's on. Yeah. You know, uh, and of course they do. And... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, so it's just funny how, you know, writers and get these ideas, because, my, my lord, he's put so many books. Oh, my God. You know, how do these ideas keep coming? But uh, it does. It plays with the claustrophobia really well, and uh, the fanaticism and the performances are great. And there's always, when you can't see what's out there. Yeah. You know, it could be dark, but no, this time it's the mist that yeah. you can't see. So that makes it even scarier, especially when they send that one guy out. Oh, you know, my the first God, time, yeah. And you can't see, you can just kind of hear. And then you, every
1: once in a while, like a big tentacle or yeah, something. Oh, yeah. my God. Yeah, it's, um, you know, the, the, I, I should mention because the last time we talked about this, uh, it was, it blew up on Twitter that, of course, we did not mention there's a black and white version of this movie, which is really the one to see if you get the opportunity. It's gorgeous, you know, and it, it adds to the throwback creature feature, creature feature feel of the whole film. Um, but, uh, for me, It's the ending. It's the ending of the movie that, as I've mentioned before, I think is the reason why it did not do particularly well at the box office when it first came out. And at the same time, I think it's why people remember it well. It's it's a provocative ending.
0: It's a gut punch, you know, but for me, just perfect. Mm -hmm. It's one that was controversial even for the filmmakers. I mean, the first time Darabont was uh, offered this movie, um, they wanted to change his planned ending. And he walked away from it, Mm. and and apparently the story goes Bob Weinstein, who, you know, the Weinsteins don't always get a good reputation, uh, made the movie for half that amount and let him do his ending, which I think is a good call, because, man, does it, it really work. It's really a it's a scary ending, but it's a very thoughtful ending.
1: Oh my god, yeah, and so emotional. It's it's a brilliant way to end that film. Everything about it, not just the shock, but also the 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 drive by, the scene of the people on the truck. The, I mean, everything about it is just brilliant.
0: Yeah, and actually, he had plan. It was it's a little different, though, I guess, than what he Darabont originally wanted. He originally wanted a second truck to come by of survivors. And that truck would have been filled with most of the people from the market, oh. letting him know that they should have never left the market. Mm. The only problem is, by the time they got around to that, all those people ha- were, were gone from the set. <laughs> yeah. They were gone. Uh, but originally- I
1: liked, I liked the, the ending as it was, because the, the group that came past included the woman who wanted somebody so badly to walk her home yes. uh, because she'd left her kids at home. The yeah. bad mom, we like to call her. <laughs> and, um, you know, I, I, it, was, it, was a, it was a very emotional film and, and, uh, and just a really uh, provocative way to end it.
0: Yeah, and uh, this is another of the many movies that features the Wilhelm scream. Um, you can hear that in there. I think it's when the character of Cornell dies. Uh, there's the Wil- <laughs> Wilhelm scream in there, which is always just kind of funny to me how many movies use that. And, uh, and also, in the very beginning, um, you see a poster on the wall of the original, the original movie, The Thing. Oh, nice. Uh, it's in there in the poster on the wall, which I think we may be talking about later. What? Uh, but, uh, yeah, definitely one of the... I forget where this movie was on our list of Stephen King adaptations. I know it was on there. Yeah. I forget how high it was. It
1: was It was pretty high. We had The Shining and one. Carrie ahead of it, I think.
0: Yeah. It's, it's a good one, and this is one that actually Stephen King... Says that he was Generally frightened by it Which Darabont Described as One of the happiest Moments of his career Oh so, nice yeah. He's yeah.
1: obviously A very big Stephen King fan Obviously Since yeah. he's made His entire career <laughs> Just
0: redoing his movies but, uh, but yeah This is one that Really works And definitely why We love this alien From 2007 The Mist And that is number five And going up to number four Is another one that we love And we've talked about One or two times Yeah several I think uh, 2006 So much fun with aliens It's Slither <laughs> Universal Pictures.
1: Three is sick or
0: something? Comes a film so shocking. Ah! Uh, we got a real problem here. So disgusting. Don't let it in your mouth! It will change the face ah! of horror. Mary.
1: For better or worse? Much worse. (laughs) This was our first live Fright Club event at the Gateway Film Center with Slither. The very first one we did there.
0: Because it's one that you can... uh, People that don't like horror movies... In fact, you got some friends, right? Came that night that don't really like horror movies but hey come on it's fun it's it, fun yeah it's, it, is. it is it's yeah. very
1: very fun it's a bit gross and, it, and it's a little scary at times more gross than scary but it's so funny it is so well written uh, written and directed by James Gunn yeah, who yeah. of course is very famous now for having directed Guardians of the Galaxy but at the time um, all he'd really done uh, he wrote the Scooby-Doo movie he wrote he wrote the, the important thing to us he wrote the remake of Dawn of the Dead and then of course he's got this long history with trauma which is uh, so it's like all of those things fed into this <laughs> This this film, um, which um, homages a lot of of other
0: B horror movies, including the Stroma uh, film, the Toxic Toxic Avenger. Yes, of course. Brenda is watching it uh, when with, with her baby when Grant comes to her house. So another that, good mom. <laughs> exactly. That's just one of the many. I mean, it's chalk full of them. You've got the uh, uh, we talked about this the last time when we ran down this movie. You've got R J McCready's funeral home uh, in the street, and that is is of course Kurt Russell's character in the thing. You've got to, there's just a ton you uh, you can you can look them up easy but I mean there, there's a ton of them which just shows you how much of an homage it is and how much of that spirit went into this movie.
1: Oh yeah, well for me the main the main one that it very obviously uh, uh, pays tribute to is a, a B eighties movie called Night of the Creeps, which is another yeah. alien invasion film where slugs you know turn people into into uh, zombies. Um, it's a, it's it's a I love Night of the Creeps actually and and always have loved that movie and it's it's you know. Comedic and campy And this, this takes that and just It just does it With so much more talent It just does it So much more convincingly And yeah. the cast Is just cast spot is on Cast is
0: great uh, Michael Rooker uh, As the guy right. Who gets infected I oh, mean yeah. is great As Grant Grant Yeah and uh, And Elizabeth Banks This was really One of her first big You know uh, She had the, some other small roles yeah. But this one really Kind of propelled her A little bit I think And of course Nathan Fillion Nathan Fillion It yeah. was awesome
1: and yeah. Greg Henry,
0: Greg Henry, the sheriff, is great. Yeah. I love his just attitude throughout the whole thing. And it's got those really, you know, creepy scenes of, of course, the bathtub scene, which has been done well, many, was, many she, times. The,
1: it was right out of uh, Cronenberg's Shivers. Yes, it was, and yeah. it was clearly an homage to that film. Yeah,
0: but well done, very, really well done, very, very creepy. You know, all the all the uh, ways the different slugs, you know, might uh, might infect you. That great big, remember the one The, the woman womb woman. Yeah. yeah. yeah who couldn't She's stop so eating. She's so hungry. Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. But still, it kept its fun about yeah, it. Very, yeah, very.
1: Oh, my God. Very. Very yeah.
0: fun. Very funny. And, of course, it's got a couple of, just a couple of the big cameos. Uh, the director, James Gunn, is a teacher at Starless mm-hmm. School. He's in there. And Rob Zombie's there. He, uh, he's his, the doctor on the phone. On the phone. Yeah. Yeah, he's the voice of Dr. Carl. Uh, so there's there's just one of those movies where you can see it so many times and just keep looking for things. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, yeah, and that's uh, and it's got also has a post credits scene. It does. Yeah. Did we talk about that before? I don't know. Uh,
1: mm, I don't know.
0: That shows the uh, the cat getting possessed by the last surviving creature. Uh, and uh, it actually, in the early draft of the movie, that was meant to happen to Bill uh, after the Grant creature gets destroyed. And uh, Starla sees the resulting wound later, and then prompting her to shoot Bill to death. That was oh, yeah, yeah.
1: That would have made everybody yeah. sad because yeah. you just want them to get together. You
0: do. So uh, I think they made the right call uh, that it was going to be uh, getting the cat. The cat. Yeah, <laughs> it's always the cat. Uh, but uh, it's, it's it's funny how those things can change. You know, they the, you can look up uh, like we talked about last week uh, the alternate endings of movies. But you know, they go through different stages, dif- different drafts to get to the one that they like. And I think they I think they made the right call there. Oh
1: yeah, I love this movie. Um, it's, it's just one of the most fun horror movies, I think, that you can watch. It's just, it's, I just love this movie.
0: Yeah, because I think that's a, that's a tough balance to strike correctly. I think so, too. It really is. Uh, because, first of all, being funny is so hard. To do it right, especially, and to mix it with scares and thrills, Mm -hmm. is a really tough line to toe. Yeah. Um, but they do it really, really well, so that you're scared, you're grossed, but at the same time, you walk out of there thinking it was just like a fun thrill ride. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and they do it really well, and that's why why Slither is one of the aliens that we love, and that's from 2006, and that comes in at number four. And up at number three, I'm excited about this, because this is one that we haven't talked about at all, and uh, I remember it so, so well when it came out, because I was in, I think I was in maybe eighth grade, Wow. when this came out. Yeah, and uh, it was really got a lot of buzz. Um, and it's the remake of Invasion of the Body Snatchers from 1978. Elizabeth, wake up! Get you
1: when you sleep! Sit up!
0: Invasion of the Body Snatchers. It's got no detail, no character. It's unformed.
1: All of a sudden, they're growing like parasites. Is it contagious? People are being duplicated. How do you know my name? Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Help! They're coming! You're next to the other! They're already here! Come! You're next!
0: They're coming! You know, one of the many things that jumps out about this movie, first of all, it was directed by Philip Kaufman. Right. Who's got a heck of a resume. Especially not, as a writer. As a writer and a director. I mean, he wrote screenplays for uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark, uh, The Right Stuff. Yeah. Uh, he directed things like Henry and June. Yeah. I mean, just just look him up. He's got a long and storied... Uh, career yeah. as both a writer and the director. Not everything great, but he's done some really, really good work. And and this is among among the uh, the, the entries in his resume that really stands out. And Of course, it's the the uh, remake. Uh, and I forget the year the original one came out.
1: Nineteen fifty six. It's the fifties,
0: yeah, the fifties. Uh, somewhere about yeah, about 1956. Yeah, about the Body Snatchers. But uh, in nineteen seventy eight, of course, Do- Donald Sutherland and his fro.
1: That's right, that's right. And actually, uh, they set his hair on curlers. They wanted him to look the way he looked in um, "Don't Look Back."
0: Don't look now. Don't. Sorry, don't I knew that that wasn't yeah. right. Yeah, don't look now. Mm-hmm. They they liked
1: the way well, he, he looked in that film. Yeah, and so they set his hair on curlers so he'd have the same curly <laughs> hair, which kills me. I don't know why that seemed appropriate, but it did.
0: I think uh, a great little uh, callback uh, to the first one is remember when they're in the car when uh, Sutherland and uh, Brooke, yeah. Brooke Kevin Adams, McCarthy. yeah, when Brooke Adams are in the yeah. car. Kevin McCarthy, who was starred in the original yeah. one, comes up as a homeless man, pounding, in fact you hear it on the trailer that we played, um, pounding on the uh on the window, mm-hmm. saying, You're next, you're next. And it's funny, when he was rehearsing that, they filmed it in San Francisco, and when he was rehearsing that scene, a, a homeless man recognized him and just walked past and said the first one was better.
1: <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice But uh,
0: <clears throat> you know, Kevin McCarthy, if you don't know him, you'd recognize his face. Oh, he's yeah, he's, he's one of those everything. guys, been in everything. Um, and it was, it's a great way, I think, to bridge the two movies. Uh, and it was so cool of him to do that because it's, it's very effective. It is. You know, the way yeah. he's screaming, you're yeah. next, they're already here. Oh, and yeah. they go off down the street. It's great.
1: Yeah, it's yeah, it's absolutely great. There are a lot of weird cameos in this one. Um, Robert Duvall on the swing set as a priest, which they never really explain it, like ever. You're just like, why is he on the swing set as a priest? Well, okay. and actually,
0: and actually, he just happened to apparently he happened to be in San Francisco at the time. And he shot that scene for free. Nice. Apparently because he had worked with um he had worked with Philip Kaufman before and it just was it was in the area. And actually Philip Kaufman uh has a cameo. He yes. plays he plays an impatient man rapping on the window of a phone booth that Donald Sutherland has occupied. Ah. So that's that's the director. So yeah, there's a bunch of him in there, uh which is fun. And uh, and I guess a, a cameo that just you just hear um is the, the, the homeless banjo guy. Yeah. His his banjo playing was actually performed by Jerry Garcia. Wow. <laughs> yeah, of course, San Francisco. I was going to say, he yeah. might have
1: really just been sitting on the street playing a banjo. <laughs> Maybe and they it just was filmed was him. Maybe it was Jerry.
0: <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's very, very effective. I mean, it ratchets up the tension about the pod people, uh, especially when you see them like when uh, um, so, well, anybody, anybody really. But I'm thinking specifically when Sutherland falls asleep there and then you just see it come out of the ground yeah. and starts ra- wrapping yeah. around his hand.
1: Yeah. And and so what they did with the original was they really played on Cold War fears, you know, um, of yeah. not necessarily just of sort of the Russians or the communist threat, but also maybe internally of like McCarthyism. And I mean, they just and
0: conformity. Right. And
1: mm-hmm. in the 70s, you know, we had a lot of the same kind of issues, although they were more focused internally. And it was a good time for the film to be remade. And they did a brilliant job of it. The cast is just remarkable. And they, there is some really, I think, Insightful casting, like Leonard Nimoy playing somebody yeah. who would soon have no feelings whatsoever, <laughs> you know. And then Jeff Goldblum is yeah. just the effortless weirdo. Jeff Goldblum is—he's just great. He's a great choice for anything, I think. And yeah. of course, Veronica Cartwright, yes. who screams well she when an alien well. shocks
0: her. Yeah, that's the good thing about her uh, her character. And we'll talk about her, of course, a little bit later. What? But um, it's funny too because one of the things that made her so scared at uh, only. The director, Kaufman, the writer, and Donald Sutherland knew how it was going to end. Uh, they did not tell her specifically that uh, Sutherland's character, spoiler alert, uh, was going to become an alien. So when they when they filmed that ending in front of the San Francisco City Hall, uh, and it became uh, very obvious that's how it was going to end, that her reaction was very, very authentic, because mm-hmm. she didn't know. Right. Which is, you know, directors do that a lot, and with good reason, uh, but boy, you can really tell when it works like that, yeah.
1: That creepy face that he makes when he points, oh, that creepy face. Yeah. Uh, my, uh, our senior evil twin correspondent, my sister Joy, she does that perfectly. She does a <laughs> perfect imitation of that.
0: Really? Yes. Yeah, and so this one came out about 20 years or so after the original, and then they, uh, they tried it again. They dressed it up uh, a little bit in 2007 with Nicole Kidman and Daniel Craig called The Invasion. Yeah,
1: which was, which was pretty much panned. Although, I, I didn't see it, did you? No, it was, No. Nobody seemed to care for it and uh, we didn't bother with it. But I mean, the, this concept. You know, almost identical has been really very popular in horror movies, and one of my favorites is The Faculty, right? With John Stewart and B.B. Newirth, and that's it's, yeah, it's really it's quite fun. good. Yeah. And it's basically the same. It's basically the same idea. Yep. Also, other ones that are very along a similar line: They Live, which, yeah,
0: Roddy 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 yeah. Piper, yeah, yeah.
1: Society. I'm not I don't know a lot of people saw Society, but it uh, it's it's pretty it's pretty decent for a really campy '80s horror movie. And then the stuff which is. Just my, I mean, my own personal. It's bad. It's terrible. But I love Larry, Larry Cohen films. So,
0: <laughs> yeah. And it's. I, I think. I, I think you're right about those points about uh, when certain movies are ripe to be remade because of what's going on in society. Yeah. Which is really a, a, a one of the very one of the many cool things about horror movies. They all the good ones always seem to mirror yeah. what, what is happening in society, maybe politically or socially, um, because they read they. Feed on whatever the fears are. Social anxiety at the time. Yeah. The time yeah very much so. Yeah. Yeah. And this one does that. 1978, the remake of Invasion of the Body Snatchers, and that is number three, which uh, moves us up to uh, ooh, the last two, and they're goodies. And uh, we've talked about this one uh, at least a few times. Yeah. From 1982, another remake. It's the thing. I know I'm human. Some of you are still human. This thing doesn't want to show itself. It wants to hide inside an imitation a fight if it has to but it's vulnerable out in the open If it takes us over and it has no more enemies nobody left to kill it and then it's won
1: you guys gonna listen to gary you can beat one of those things
0: yeah it's funny because if you just say the remake of the thing you, a lot of people think of the one that came out with mary elizabeth winstead a few years ago but no because the thing was a remake the, of thing, of from another the another thing from another world the thing from another world yeah, which was back... That was the 50s it as was. well, It was. I too? think it was 52. 52, yeah. And this was one, uh, John Carpenter, uh, pretty much now it's looked at his crowning glory, yeah, I think. I, well, t- Halloween, yeah. but...
1: Well, I, I think even John Carpenter himself thinks The Thing is his better film.
0: But the funny thing was... It was a bomb. It was, and it was panned. It was one of those that didn't get the, the love until later, but, you know, that's okay. It's got the love now, uh, and it already Yeah, it was. it was a bomb... Uh, I think we we mentioned the last time it came out on the same day. Maybe as uh, I think Blade Runner, oh. uh, E. T. was out at the time. Oh, yeah, you know, so not many people went to this, and it, but the, the the critics were were awful. Yeah, those darn critics. Those darn uh- <laughs> critics. <laughs> but as it has just, it's just grown in stature, not only for the special effects, which okay, you look at them now, but e- but even so, I uh, still
1: love them. They are, I do. Great. I still love
0: them. But at the time, there were such such groundbreaking yeah. special effects, and it does. Such a great, um, it uses the claustrophobia so well, and it, uh, the devices of, you just, l- just let you see enough, but you still don't know who is a human and who isn't. You yeah. just see shadows, oh, and yeah. you don't know who's in, who t- got the cat. You, know, <laughs> you, you, just saw, you just saw the shadow there, so you don't know who it might be. Um, and so it's, it's really, really well done in that way.
1: It, is. It, uh, it was written by Bill Lancaster, who also wrote one of both of our all-time favorites, the original Bad News Bears. Yep. So uh, you got a pedigree there, but also, I mean, for my money, obviously John Carpenter is an incredibly talented director, but I think this is he his best use of of camera to a emphasize the absolute isolation of these humans and mm-hmm. then at the same time the claustrophobic nature of their sort of togetherness that they can't get away from which are very um you know different ideas but regardless you are trapped and I think that uh that he develops attention in that particular theme better than maybe any other movie I've ever seen
0: yeah it, it's it's so 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 well done and it's funny we were talking about the special effects the guy who created them was only 22 years Should old. He? yeah a guy named Rob Botten uh, yeah. was only 22 years old <laughs> wow. when he started the, when he started the project, and it just it just became such, such so groundbreaking. Not only then, but it's looked, as we said, it's looked back on as, as just really an incredible use of, of uh, the special effects, especially when you know because it turns into it can turn into anything. yeah, and then when the spider legs come out, and yeah. um, it has a human face.
1: You just you know just inside the compound yeah. with all the facial hair you know you got it's just you know and it's so so masculine with all of these you know ramped up hostilities and yeah. and just you know cowardice and and Keith David and it's just you know it's it's just so volatile and and nasty. It's just terrifying. It's just it's a really incredibly well put together, really really tense horror film.
0: Yeah, and um, you know with the X Files just getting uh, rebooted, you remember that there was an episode called Ice back in '93, which is a direct homage homage to this movie, uh, which you can see, especially in the the X Files movie too. They end up in about in a compound um, with aliens out there and and all the snow and the ice. But uh, you know, a lot of people look back on a lot of people making movies now look back on it and they're so influenced. Uh, by this movie, and I didn't know this. John Carpenter, I guess, considers this part of his apocalypse trilogy uh, with uh, Prince of Dark, Prince of Darkness. After this, and then In the Mouth of Madness, which oh, I know both of those don't hold up to this at all.
1: In the Mouth of Madness has a lot of fans. I mean, it's 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 got a lot of of cult fans. I think Prince of Darkness does as well, but I think people who like that movie are more likely to accept that it's this is a B film.
0: Yeah, but. Yeah, one of the things. None of them stand up to the thing. They just don't. Not at all. Not at all. But one of the things I think is cool at the very beginning, uh, the words spoken by the pilot entering the camp. It's actually in the Norwegians can understand it. (laughs) It, it Actually, what they're saying is, uh, "Get the hell out of here." That's not a dog. It's some sort of thing. It's imitating a dog. It isn't real. Get away. Nice. (laughs) So if you happen to be Norwegian or understand, (laughs) you know, I think that's very cool. Um, And that's one of the things I like too about the remake with Mary Elizabeth Winstead, yeah. that when they use the dog at the very end, <laughs> yeah, you which realize, lets you realize, you realize it's a prequel. It's a yeah. prequel. So I thought that was very cool. And then, you know, a lot of people uh, talk about the ending of this movie as to h- how do they know okay who was a, a human mm-hmm. and who wasn't. Mm-hmm. And at the time, I guess, uh, John Carpenter thought that it was pretty obvious because he says the way he specifically shot... The last scene, it was very harshly backlit, and he says that it's completely, glaringly obvious that Kurt Russell is breathing and Keith David is not to him. But then other people say that in the remake, uh, the prequel, they have that whole thing about the metal, the metal, and uh, I guess Keith David is wearing uh, an earring, I Mm. think, or uh, in in the end. So you know, you go back and forth about it. But at least you, you, if if that's if that's true. Uh, in that interview, the John Carpenter, that was his, um, his vision for it. And so he shot the film. He, he says it's very obvious, but you never know. <laughs> yeah, so that's number two, the 1982 version of the thing. And that leaves uh, room only at the top. And you can probably guess when we're talking about aliens. Number one from 1979,
1: Alien. <laughs> 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 oh God it't touch
0: the John hurt chest explosion <laughs> it is i've I so distinctly remember seeing this in the theater when it first came out and didn't know much about it. I think I was a maybe a freshman in high school, and just your head just couldn't handle that scene like oh my god i had no idea it was coming yeah Yeah, absolutely you know as the film
1: has aged there are some films where you've got the one oh my god moment and then you realize 10 years later that's really all the movie has but this is just an impeccably crafted really haunted house movie, to be honest, you know, and and the more you look at, just every detail in the craft and in the, the planet with the eggs and just uh, everything about it is so yeah. perfect.
0: The eggs, yeah. and it's funny you bring up Well, everybody does when you talk about this movie, the chest bursting scene. Uh, a guy named Roger Dickin who designed and operated the, the creatures, his original vision for the chest scene was to have the little alien actually pull itself out of Kane's torso with its hands. can you imagine Uh that like oh and and that he thought it was would have produced a much more horrifying effect than all the blood and all the guts i don't know i think it works pretty darn well as it keeps boom yeah boom you see it punching punching and then break through oh yeah
1: oh yeah and another great veronica
0: cartwright scream (laughs) exactly yeah and i think that's a case where they didn't realize the cast didn't realize just how much blood you know was going to come flying out of there. So you have to look on her face cuz she got splattered. Oh, she did. Yeah. You know? Uh and it's it's such an iconic scene, but it's but it's this movie. You can't just reduce it to that scene no. because it's got so much going for
1: oh, it. Oh my god, it does. You know, and and everything about it was was familiar and simultaneously completely new. Uh, so that you almost felt lulled into complacency, and then, oh my God, the alien, you're like, you know, it comes out of him, and it's little, and then the next thing you know, it's huge, yeah. and then the next thing you know, it dri- drips acid, and yeah. the next thing you know, it's got an extra set of teeth inside his mouth. Everything about Everything. that alien is so fantastic. The
0: way it was designed, it looks fantastic, and also that little caveat of it has acid for blood, that came about when they were they were brainstorming and uh, Dan O'Bannon, the writer, yeah. he couldn't come up with a logical reason why the crew just wouldn't shoot it. And somebody else, I think it was uh, one of the artists, on the, came up with the fact that what if its blood was acid? Nice! Be-o! Oh my God, genius. And they're off and running. It's genius. so, so great. Every, every Everything about it, yeah. And it, it looks fantastic. And the way Ridley Scott shoots it, because in a lot of them, they found the seven foot tall guy in the yeah. area who, who's in a suit. and the way he shoots it was out of necessity because he didn't want it to be cut from angles. He shot from certain angles. So it was very, it was not apparent that there's a guy in there, mm-hmm. but those angles work so well. You know, you don't ever see it like straight on because apparently that was too obvious. There's a guy in there, but uh, it works it works the way like, he shoots yeah, the alien just like
1: the way you know Spielberg had to work around a malfunctioning shark you know in jaws and then the the final product is so much scarier because of how little you see of the shark yeah. i mean it's yeah everything about the way he filmed this and and for me just just the just the egg alone you uh-huh. know and 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 then all of it it fed so beautifully into really a, a quite outstanding sequel, you know. Uh, oh, which is, yeah. you know, Aliens. Uh, the sequel is is as I've said before, it's it's an action movie. Farm the Alien is a horror film. Yeah. Um, the second was an action movie and a great one. It's a great action movie, and Sigourney Weaver makes a great action hero just as she makes a great horror hero. And you know, uh, as we've mentioned before. Her role in this film, which originally, it wasn't necessarily female, you know, uh, when Ridley Scott, mm-hmm. th- allegedly, when they were when offering him the role, somebody, he wasn't that interested in it, so he said, what if what if Ripley is a female? Mm-hmm. And that made him interested in it. Obviously, it, it, it absolutely made the oh. film more interesting. It made the sequel even more interesting. Yep. But yeah. it really altered horror movies forever, because prior to that, you know, the final girl was wholesome. And, you know, uh, strong, but in a very different way. But then we got the final girl who is just taking charge, kicking ass, you know, could have been a guy, mm-hmm. doesn't matter, you know, sexuality is is irrelevant, and and really has, uh, you know, going forward, completely altered the the landscape of horror and and then also action
0: films. Although they do, they do find a way to get her in her underpants yeah, and, in yeah, the end there. I'm with you, though, because uh, very much so, very groundbreaking that way, and she just Nails it, yeah, because you buy it. it.
1: You know, it's not, it's not like you know. There are certain horror films where you know she's, you know, you, this beautiful tiny you know, fragile thing and and you're thinking to yourself, yeah, there's no way she's, but you know, Sigourney Weaver, like, yeah, she could, she could beat you up.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I I guess when they were, uh, when when Ridley Scott was casting, he invited uh, several women from the production office to watch the different screen tests and she just impressed these women, no end. Yeah. Uh, And and then she was pretty well unknown.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It was before Ghostbusters. She hadn't really done uh, an awful lot of, uh, and then of course that mullet.
0: (laughs) Yeah. uh but she just has such a presence about yeah, she it does. and you totally believe it when she takes charge because you know when when ash disobeys her order yeah. you know to let them on the ship and she's got you know it just slowly builds like what what are you doing and then it just goes and mm-hmm. she takes more charge Yeah. because when dallas is off the ship she's in charge yeah, yeah. and uh oh it, it it it's so cool and uh, you brought up the um the uh eggs the egg chamber yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and you will like this the uh the laser lights that are used in the egg chamber there, they were borrowed from The Who.
1: Nice! They
0: were testing out lasers for their <laughs> stage show in, in the sound stage next door. That's so, awesome. All you need was uh, Roger Daltrey's Wilhelm scream there. <laughs> it, that would have worked. But yeah, the egg was so cool. Even on the movie poster. Oh like, my God, the egg what was is awesome that? And plus yeah.
1: the the tagline, oh. the space no one oh. can hear you scream.
0: One yeah, of the best. It was just absolute genius. Ever. Just yeah. genius. Everything about it. And uh, it's it's just so, so holds up. Because you're right, it's like a... Like a haunted house type of monster type mm-hmm. of thing because you've got the claustrophobia angle, and then you know when you at the the extra ending where then she thinks she's alone, she thinks and then you see it move. Oh yeah, know, uh, and she has to just strap herself. It's just yeah, just just great. Just it is. great. It's awesome. And uh, and yeah, and uh, I'm with you on the second one uh, being. Not a horror movie. I mean, you'll find people that will argue for it being a horror movie. And okay. Sure. If, if, no, you know, but it's absolutely an action movie. I don't think movie. it it's is. A great it's a great action movie. It's
1: one of my, it might be my favorite action film. It is um, so,
0: so good. But uh, I'm with you on that. This one is more of a horror movie. So this is what, uh, this is why we'll stick it at number one in uh, Loving the Alien podcast countdown uh, from 1979. It is Alien. But what do you think? If you think uh, Aliens uh, deserves it up there, let us know. Hit us up on Twitter as always. An easy way. uh, Can I tell
1: you which one they're going to be mad about?
0: Uh, I'm going to predict it. All right. The blob. The blob. Okay. Going to be mad about the blob. That's my guess. All right. All right. Well, we'll see. Uh, M-A-D-D-W-O-L-F Mad Wolf on Twitter. Uh, Our Facebook page is Mad Wolf Columbus on Facebook. And, of course, uh, Golden Spiral Media. Uh, Like we say, the fine folks that uh, host it. And you can also catch a lot of our reviews and a lot of horror stuff on ScreenRelish.com. That's
1: right. Right at this minute, in fact. I did the Saturday Screamer this week and it's Bubba Hotep, Groovy <laughs> Bruce. And actually, I did it last week, too, with Alleluia, a great Belgian horror movie. Oh, yeah. You know how we love Belgian horror.
0: Yeah, but ho- Bubba Hotep, um, Groovy Bruce Campbell, a little something for the ladies.
1: Southbound. I got a review of the horror oh, film yeah. Southbound up there this week. So, yeah, go to go to screenrellish.com and check it out.
0: Yeah, and we will next week, we'll give you a little heads up on how we like The Witch. Because we're going to see that on Monday. and Actually, uh,
1: we're going to do a podcast on witches two weeks out. Okay. Yeah, best right. witches horror movies. If you have some thoughts, let us know.
0: On witches? Yeah. Yeah, okay. And uh, as always, if you're in the area on Wednesday the 10th, please stop by. We'll be at the Gateway Film Center right on High Street, Ohio State University campus. We get underway with a, with a uh, happy hour in the bar there, uh, about 6.30, have a few pops, and uh, then head in about 7.30, uh, to do the podcast, record that live with an audience. Audiences are always great, uh, so come on out and join the fun there, and then we'll show the loved ones after we get done counting down our school dance horror, and that's on Wednesday the 10th. Yeah, come on out, it'll be fun. All right, so we look forward to that. Until then, I'm George Wolf. I'm Hope Madden. And this is the Fright Club
1: Podcast. Stay frightful, my friends. you the Asia, the strange.